But it is yet another edition of What's Involved. Thank you for uh, for tuning in and listening. Um, almost, uh, depending on when you get to listen to this, uh, almost at uh, in South Africa at least, level three of lockdown. Uh, not something I thought I'd ever say in my life. And uh, my special guest that's joining me on the line, um, CEO and head Batman at Future Proof SA, it's Lisa Illingworth. Hello, Lisa. Hello, David. I swear if we were close enough, I would give you one of those awkward hugs. But just because you know that I'm Batman, like that <laughs> I have such a grin on my face right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good. Well, that's just, you know, that's just part of my, my natural stalker tendencies uh, that I have. But Future Proof Essay, let's 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 talk a little bit. You were on the show uh, last year. We, we spoke uh, earlier on. You said uh, around about September we had you on the show. Um, and we were talking about Future Proof Essay, what it is, what it does, how you do, why you do. Um, and, and you played some cards very close to your vest, which we're going to get onto just now. But just mm. a brief synopsis of, of Lisa. Who is Lisa and where does Lisa come from? Um, a land far, far away. No, I, um, I was an educator in my earlier former years and then left education in terms of leaving the classroom, but reformatted myself and my purpose and my vision and my business towards entrepreneurial education. And that's essentially what Future Proof does. Future Proof catalyzes entrepreneurial thinking and action in kids from as young now as the age of five. It was six, but with the the cards that you mentioned earlier, um, we've now started uh, being able to tap into younger markets and getting kids to think and act entrepreneurially from a younger age so that when they hit their uh, midlife, as I want to say, like you and I have, then they're not learning these entrepreneurial lessons then and taking their first entrepreneurial steps at a later age when the school fees are that much higher. So that was the vision and that's the purpose of what Future Proof does. Uh, I'm not sure about this 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 midlife thing that you mentioned with you and I. Me certainly, but I mean you're you're still a you're still a spring chicken, right? I don't know the way I live my life in terms of risk adversity. I might it might still be halfway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've 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 had some some very interesting times, and and I mean nobody's shortcoming. I'm still battling to get my head around this this coronavirus. Everybody's talking about this and that and the next thing and pivoting and doing your business and da, 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 da. Um, most of us have had and certainly in terms of our business um, two months ago everything just came to a grinding halt and it was thank you very much thanks for playing have a nice day stay at home um, you are a single mom yep. two 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 daughters I believe am I correct you there's are not another one there's not another one are very high. there's not another one lurking it's just the two um as an educator, how has it been for you so far? Sherbet, um, context switching. That's that's become my my buzzword. Is is context switching, going from putting on your mom hat uh, to putting on your educator hat to putting on your CEO hat, and sometimes they're all stacked one on top of the other because you're yelling instructions across the house for which exercise to complete whilst your staff look deer-eyed at you through their Zoom lenses. That's that's effectively what it's been. And I think that's what's been the most tiring or the most consuming of mental bandwidth is the hats and which hat do I wear when 
And and am I actually giving any of those hats any justice? Uh, because there's no deep work that any one of us can do. And entrepreneurs will understand this, this term deep work, where you can get stuck into your flow, you can get somewhere, you create momentum, you build something of significance. That is so difficult to achieve right now because you are context switching every moment of the day. And that's what's strained this sort of situation for me. Because I mean, we leave the the we leave the home, we go to our office, in the car we change hats. Uh, sometimes, you know, we have to go and fetch kids in the middle of the day and we change hats back again. But you only ever have to wear one hat and maybe two. Now you're sitting with three or four and it's really difficult. I agree with you. I mean, if, if I look at like my morning this morning and, and um, I'm, I'm one of those people that are apparently at risk um, due to, to, to underlying health conditions. So, you know, I've been, I've been locked down essentially, what, over two months now. Um, yeah. I think I may have been out two or three times. But my day today um, started off with, you know, obviously cleaning the house and washing dishes and hanging up washing and then mm. keep on looking at my, my watch going, okay, it's, I've got to start getting my, my head ready at around about 9 o'clock because I'm doing mm. interviews from 9.30 this morning. But I'm still at home in my home office, which which is okay. But for me, radio is what what I was always, you know, that was my thing. And I always used to yeah. tell people, you can't do proper radio if you don't have bums in seats. And I yeah. uh, used to get quite snarky about people coming into the station. Suddenly they couldn't anymore. And it's really messed with my head. Um, yeah. and, and it shouldn't, but it has. Uh, yeah. And, and I, th I think with you as well. I mean, have you also experienced um, this, you, you get days when you think, okay, mm. no, no, today I'm, I'm not doing today. Um, <laughs> today I am going to just, I'm going to have a pity party for myself. Totally. Um, and I'm going to have balloons and cake and the whole lot at my pity party, and everybody <laughs> must just leave me the, the just leave me alone. Yes, um, and I'm exactly. going to curl up in a fetal position and and listen yeah. to sad songs. Um, have yeah. you had those days? Totally, and and I think also what I've done in that process of having those those very very sad days um, is I've allowed myself the sad days, and that's. There was a differentiator because I would not allow myself the sad days. I needed them desperately. Eventually, it got to tipping point and, and didn't want to get out of bed. Stayed in bed, beat myself up the entire day for staying in bed because I wasn't being productive and I wasn't on my Udemy course or I wasn't learning how to bake banana bread or whatever it was. And, and that just added to that burden. So eventually, giving yourself permission to go, you know what? Today, I'm not doing. Thanks for playing. Uh, I actually let my team know. I was like, hey, guys, I'm taking a mental health day. And I mean, my, a good friend calls it a duvet day. Just take a duvet day. Um, in the UK, they give people five mental health days a year where you can actually check in as leave. And you can do that. We don't have that sort of system available to us. I literally took mental health days, wrote it off. I'm not being productive and I'm going to give myself permission not to be productive. And just that little mental framing switch to say, you can, it's okay. And in fact, I was talking to, to people the other day about it's okay to suck. Like, just suck. Suck at being the CEO. Suck at being the mom. Suck at being the, the homeschooling educator. Just suck at it because quite frankly, 
we're not always going to be on our best, particularly now where there's so much being thrown at us. There's so much change. There's so much assimilation of information that we have to do that we're just tired and, and, and burnt out. So, yes, permission to suck, permission to stay in bed, have a mental health day and write it off and then pick it up the next day. My my thing was my thing was when I was I was going through some of my, my bad times was uh, I wanted to make sourdough bread. Um, <laughs> I happened to like sourdough bread, um, and guess what? We couldn't buy we couldn't buy the flour. Flour. There was no no flour. So like my therapy was just I was I was I was done. It was me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you saw what my therapy was with your stalker tendencies is, is I <laughs> to, to sketching, and. Mm. I'm not. I, I, I'm not usually in the space and time where I've got that mental ability to sit down and sketch. Um, and so I found just finding things around me that were detailed. And because what happens is, is that when your one side of your brain, when your left side of your brain is on all the time, because we are in this where we're not actually able to get away from work in in air quotes, you, your left brain is on all of the time. The first thing that goes is sleep always. And then you're you, you constantly thinking about problems over and over again. If you then have to find a creative outlet, you engage your right brain. The hemispheres of the brain cannot be active at the same time. So if you are actively doing sourdough bread or you're actively sketching or you're actively doing pottery or whatever it is, you're giving that left side of your brain a break. Then you can do your mental filing, your mental processing. You can get all of that stuff in an order, you know, like your your squirrels at a rave. You can get them into an order, and that in that respect, you're giving your brain the ability to regenerate, to engage again at full capacity. But so many of us are not giving ourselves the permission to go and sketch, to go and make sourdough bread. And what happens? We end up engaging our left brain all of the time. Indeed. We are chatting to Lisa Illingworth. She is the CEO and uh, the head Batman, the, the, the bat person uh, of Future Proof SA. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll continue to talk about the strange life that we're living and uh, where Lisa is and where she sees herself. Maybe she's got some advice as well. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. Right, we're back. And uh, my special guest with me, Lisa Ellingworth, I got to say, we just before the, the before the break, we were chatting about uh, about your, you, you sketching. You, you have a talent there, I must tell you. I was very impressed. You know, I mean, it, 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 when we say stalker, I didn't have to do too much of a deep dive. It was on my timeline. I'll be honest with you. Um, okay, good. You know, I did favorite yeah, you, you, it, but you know, don't want to go. You don't want to go too far down. It's you know, yeah, don't, no, don't no, it just gets a, yeah, it just gets a bit creepy then. But um, <laughs> but but you you've got a talent for that, and and. The thing is, what I appreciated seeing what you were doing during this time, you and and other people with, was like you kind of ex, you, uh, uh, did you make a conscious decision to expose yourself and go not expose yourself like that, but go listen, this is the real Lisa, okay? Um, I am Batman, but I'm not mm. Batman all the time, and and I want people to be able to see warts and all that that even though I have all these hats I wear, I'm human and and I I do have crappy days. You know, um, authentic leadership um, is is the space I like to operate from. Authentic, raw, transparent. Those are all kind of key values in my in my value set, and it's it's a place that I lead from. 
and trying to, for me to lead from a place of where I have it all together all of the time, um, I'm going to slip up because that's not that's not me. So uh, I made a conscious decision. I think it was sort of just sort of midway through as you know when when Cyril played his plus four card you know mm-hmm. <laughs> his proverbial plus four card when he played that I was like you know what actually I'm not coping and and I wanted to lead to say in this position as as Batman sometimes I'm also human and and sometimes the cape is in the wash so it this is who I am. I, I think I did a post on Facebook, which was no makeup in my hoodie because hoodies make me feel comfortable and warm and secure. Um, and I've probably stolen it from someone. So those, this is who I am. And leading from that place gave my team permission to do the same thing, to do Skype calls in their pajamas. Uh, um, as long as you know they they were no, not holy or anything like that, and they didn't kind of confuse their superhero characters, they could do that. And then it was saying to the rest of the the friends and fans around us is, guys, you know, no one's really coping right now. No one no one knows what to do. There there is no way of knowing this. Even I mean, I went to my 93 year old grandfather and said, what do I do here? And he said, you know what? Even I haven't seen this, so I can't even help you here. And leading from that authentic space gave everyone else around me, my team and everybody to to just be themselves, to own their stuff. And that is one of our values in our business, own your stuff. And by mm. me owning my stuff publicly to everybody gave everybody else the sense of safety uh, to say, you know what, yeah, if, if she feels this way, then it's okay for me to feel this way too. Yeah, it's amazing when you say that you went to you, you you said to your grandfather about about this time. I was I was chatting to uh, Solly Crock. It was his uh, his 91st birthday yesterday, um, and I also when we were chatting, I said to him, you know, what is this? He says, you know, he was born in the Great Depression, went yep. through World War II, went through all of this, and he can't get his head around this. He said it's yep. just it's it's totally unprecedented. In terms of, of you guys, though, I mean, you know, you've you've got you've got your two daughters, and you've been, you know, luckily you've been an educator. Um, you've you've been uh, obviously trying to keep them up to date. Um, schools going back Monday. Um, mm. We 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 have a, a matric who's, who's who's going back on Monday. Mm. Um, I have mixed feelings. I don't know. I'm scared. Mm. What do you think? Mm. I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't scared either. Um, yeah. And I was on a, a call with Craig Carolan, who's a educational psychologist and previously SASA principal. And we were, we, we were chatting to school leaders and helping support school leaders and, and school management on how to create positive education environments with the burden of stresses of COVID lockdown coming into the classroom. Kids are bringing this stuff with them. Teachers are bringing this stuff with them. How do we create positive educational experiences coming out of such a time of crisis? And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm scared. This is, and I don't want to be a fear mongerer and I don't want to, to blow this out of proportion, but as an educator, I look at a classroom and I've been into some hairy classrooms, you know, Deep Sluert, Kailicha, Hanover Park, where these places are overcrowded. The, you've got kids there who social distancing is not normal. It's not natural. It's yeah. not. We are as humans. We have a fundamental need for belonging and connectedness. And kids, they the first thing that you do with a child when it's born, what do you do? You hold it. You touch it. You you connect. Oxytocin is released. All of those things are necessary 
for human health. Now you're turning around and you're saying, do not act in the way that you were designed. And you're telling this to children. You know, the, how, how are we just going to be policemen standing in a classroom now? You know, shouting at kids, left, right and center, step away from your friend, don't touch that, put your mask on. On top of that, trying to then impart some kind of learning to them and playing policemen at the same time. It's not natural for kids not to want to sit next to their friend, hug them, be close to them, for the teacher to walk around and place a hand on a shoulder. It's not natural for us to unlearn that behavior. It's there for a reason. And I worry that sending children back into an environment against their own DNA is going to result in a whole lot of other emotional and mental stresses that we have not prepared ourselves for. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you make a very good point, and specifically with the little ones, the littlies. I mean, yes. you know, if if I, I still have, have memories of my days in 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 nursery school and in primary school when you went somewhere, everybody held hands, and, and you know, yeah. you went to people and, and had a hug, and you know, you and now you're going to these, and 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 I think more specifically the little ones is that's what concerns me is that, you know, you're saying to them wear a mask all the time. Now, it's uncomfortable and they can't really breathe properly, but they're being shouted at to wear a mask. Then they're being told mm -hmm. to, to concentrate. And, you know, if you're older, maybe you can you can get to that. I mean, but I, I've seen so many people and I've spoken to so many people that go, listen, I, I kind of, you know, when they now let us out and, and we're able to go back to whatever normal is, you can't hug, you can't shake hands. I mean, I met somebody the other day, and my instinct, every bit of my body was saying, reach out, shake hands, say hello, nice to meet you. And and I kind of had to stop halfway in this awkward kind of moment and then go, oh, 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 uh, uh, and that's just me. And I'm not the most sociable of people at the best of times. <laughs> but it, this is it. Because why? Because our wiring is such that physical touch releases oxytocin, makes us feel connected. And oxytocin yeah. is one of those good hormones, it, you know, the dopamine, the serotonin, all of those things. It's what's needed and necessary to keep our mental health in check. Our mental health is strained. You're sending kids back into an environment where they can't even get the oxytocin kick. I saw a, a, a suggestion on, on one of the social media channels, and it had the playground with chalk demarcations of blocks of one and a half meters where kids at break can go and stand in their block and play in their block and they have to stay inside that that chalk block on the on the courts or on the playing field that is not normal like <laughs> yeah. i mean are we setting ourselves up for for depression are we setting ourselves up for mental health issues for you know anything that's in and we turn about talk about underlying conditions what about the mental underlying conditions that are there that are going to be exacerbated by putting them in environments that are not safe that are not stress-free where the teacher's trying to pay, play policeman the whole time and they're not able to get that kick of oxytocin what about those underlying health issues yeah, absolutely. Listen, a bit of a bit of uh, a bit of sort of a more, on a lighter note. The one thing that that I used to really love um, about being in a radio studio and and being on air in a radio studio was that you could yeah. control your environment. 
and mm. and you know we, you could be around your environment as i'm sitting talking to you i don't know if you heard but um one of the cats decided that he would like to come and jump on the desk in front of me and rub himself up against the microphone uh, so that wasn't that wasn't me doing pervy deep breathing that was actually the cat who is now in front of me uh, on his back demanding attention while i'm supposed to be having uh, a very serious conversation with you um, and but that I, is I might, that is a reality I might even, I might even, you know what? Let me do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a photo of this right now, of where I am and what I'm doing, and <laughs> of said cat, and I will post it on Facebook, and you can have a look at it just now because it's weird. Um, anyway, so <laughs> when we come back, uh, we'll find out what Lisa Ellingworth has been doing. She is uh, the CEO uh, and Batman of Futureproof SA. And we're back talking to Lisa. Still have the, the you've heard of the cat and the mat. I've now got the cat on the desk. Um, so what have you been up to, Lisa? Because um, during this entire Corona um, virus thing, which nobody nobody actually saw coming, um, suddenly you launched something in the middle of all of it. I know. How crazy! Talk to me about that. Um, that was okay. So. As an entrepreneur starting a business, I, you, you, entrepreneurs, when they design businesses, are designing businesses out of what they want uh, for themselves and for those around them. So if, some people will design lifestyle businesses that support a certain lifestyle. Others will design businesses that are, you know, businesses that are going to make a massive transformative impact. And that's what Future Proof has always been for me is how do I create a massive transformative impact in education in South Africa and then scaling it out into the world? And I think that key word is scale. And to scale a business, you cannot do it off the back of a single individual. And that single individual was me, Batman. I I realized quite early on through um, some great mentors and some accelerator programs that if everything resided inside of me and my head, the systems, the processes, the intellectual property, I was never going to achieve what I wanted to in scale and massive transformative impact. And so a year ago, we started the process of decentralizing or disseminating the intellectual property that I had developed around entrepreneurship education and on top of that digitizing it so that we could maybe just get more scale and more impact but also influence the seasonality of the business which is certainly around schools. So school seasonality comes in where it's term time, there's exams, you know, teachers are, are under a time famine, which is the typical case. And so how do we influence that seasonality with a digital channel? But it was interesting because I didn't want to compromise the value base of what Future Proof is there to do. And it's there to catalyze entrepreneurial thinking and action. And it's not a content delivery system. That's what I, I didn't want to digitize the content and say, great, here is the content. Learn entrepreneurship by being, you know, being able to do a lean model canvas or a risk register. That's just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. And that's for me serves no purpose. Entrepreneurs are fundamentally based in characteristics. They build character traits. And that's what we were trying to do, was we were trying to build characteristics and character traits. And the system, the digital system and channel 
that we chose had to be able to do that too. So a year ago, we started that process of building a learning management system, digitizing the content, but at the same time, being able to build in the behavioral metrics, the behavioral development of traits into that system. And the journey took a year. And it just so happened that it was three weeks ago, we pushed the go live button for Future Proof Online. And I, I can tell you now that I've had to drag my kids, my fleas away from the screens kicking and screaming because, mommy, I just want to do one more quest. I just want to do one more level. I just want to earn uh, a few more orbs, which is the currency in the system. I just want to build my superhero character a little bit more. And they're learning, but they're, they're not even, they don't even know they're learning because they're having so much fun. And that feeds into what we believe entrepreneurship education is about. You should be doing it. You should be having so much fun that you don't even know that you're gaining the characteristics, uh, the skills, and then the content of entrepreneurship. So take me through, I mean, it's, it sounds fascinating. And it's the, the, one of the first things that I wanted to do when I saw that you guys uh, had launched this was go, I want to play with it too. But mm -hmm. take me take me through how how does the how does the model work? So um, if I'm a if I'm a parent, um, what for what age groups is this is this appropriate for? So we started uh, pitching it at the age of five, and we've realised that learning online is a self-paced learning journey, and that's so it's it's kid specific. We've had four-year-olds come onto the system and be able to use it. We've had 18, 19, 20-year-olds go onto the system and enjoy it. So we've realized that pitching it at a specific age group was almost a counterintuitive because entrepreneurship as a learning journey is cyclical. It's you know, it's not a linear journey. And we, you at, you know, at the tender age of 35 and me at the tender age of 23 might be learning the same things. Um, and so we gave kids the opportunity to design their own learning journeys. So they can start off from about the age of three, four, five, and that takes them through things like money orientation, you know, just learning about money, currency, credit, cash, uh, value, how's value ascribed. And it's all in storyboarded format. It's all, all in gamified format. For the little ones, there's no text that they have to read because they can't read yet. So it's all voiceover stuff. And they get introduced to characters. The other thing that we learned in entrepreneurship education is you can't be what you can't see. So modeling and setting examples for kids to look up to, we had to do that in a digital channel as well. So in the first level, there's Mortimer the Mouse. And Mortimer the Mouse takes everybody through that. And I Easter egged the hell out of that system because I don't know if you know, but Mortimer <laughs> the Mouse was Mickey's original name. Mickey Mouse was originally yes, going to be originally called Mortimer. Yeah. Mortimer. Yeah. So I yeah. used to egg the hell out of the system and I put Mortimer in as the first character. And that's that's how it's developed, um, is, is there's characters that these kids can identify with and they take them through different lessons, different quests. So there's levels, kids go through levels, and there's quests. They get allocated reward in the form of orbs. The orbs get allocated at the end of each of the quests that they complete and then as they go up into the higher levels there's assignments that they have to do and we don't say assignments we just say challenges and they have to go off and they have to interview a customer 
or they have to go and find a problem and solve it, or they have to go and identify a risk and put a plan together. Everything in action, everything demonstrated, because if you're an entrepreneur, you do. It's not that you sit behind a textbook and you learn. You actually are actively developing and doing. And so that, that's how it all works. And it takes them from level one through to level 10. So there's 10 levels. There's three to four quests in each of the levels. And there's challenges within each of those as well. And there's also behavioral metrics that we're measuring right the way through. And it starts off with money, currency, and value. And it takes them through finding a problem, solving a problem, getting a customer, understanding marketing, going to markets, the lean business method, financial processes, up to level 10 where they are they're, you know, doing a simulation of, of a board meeting. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, anybody able to, to, to get onto this? Is it, is, it a, is it a monthly subscription, one-off? How does, it, how does it work? Yeah, it's a monthly subscription. Um, we designed it that way so that kids could don't feel pressured. Um, they mm -hmm. can take it as fast or as slow as they want to. It's 89 Rand a month. Um, we, we definitely wow. went and priced it competitively so that during lockdown, anyone can access it at 89 Rand a month. I mean, you can have three or four kids on that for for the same price as, as school fees more, you know, school fees are more than that. So we just wanted to give kids the opportunity to access it and parents to access it as well. And and it's it's literally it's available to anybody. In fact, we had a call with the UK Chamber of Commerce the other day who were very, very interested in, in what we were doing. So uh, it was futureproofonline.co.za and it's literally available to absolutely everybody. You can go on as well and have a free trial. Um, I think it's a 48-hour free trial. Test it out. See if it – because not every kid's an entrepreneur, right? Not every kid is going to be the one that wants to be enterprising. So we wanted to give kids the ability to test it out. Oh, can you hear my Santa and Seagulls? I can indeed. My they, they're doing, ve they're doing yeah. very well under lockdown conditions. <laughs> They're thriving. But that was that it was that, you know, go check it out, test it out for 48 hours. If if it does work or doesn't work for you, then the sign up is 89 Rand. Awesome stuff. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up with uh, Lisa and uh, find out what her next is. And hopefully this time she, she won't play her cards that close to her chest. Uh, it is what's involved. My special guest with me is Lisa Illingworth. <laughs> Right, and we are back, Lisa. It's been it's been stunning as always. Every time uh, I chat to to any of my guests, it's it's kind of like wow, the time just just flies. And uh, chatting to you, I always find it uh, very inspiring and motivating because you you are incredibly passionate about what you're doing. Um, you you you're authentic, and uh, I think the bit I like the most about you is that you're not a, you're not afraid to to make mistakes and and. You know, you you kind of you you make them in a in a in a fairly you know public way when you make the public mistakes forum. and you let people know about it. <laughs> so so I think that's good. I mean that's good. And um, just just to recap, okay. So it's f uh, futureproof online, all one word. Futureproofonline.co.za, um, aimed at children of all ages. Um, 89 rand a month, which is I, I'm I'm very impressed with that. That's that's a dead give. That's that's dead dead cheap because um, just looking at at what you guys have done, your development costs must have been way in excess of that. Um, it cost me more I, than my house. And I think I, I think 
Yeah, I think I think it was very much a labor of love. Just just having a brief look at it. It 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 I don't I don't think Lisa started out and went, This is going to make me millions immediately. Mm-hmm. I think this was a labor of love and I think it landed at exactly the right time. Uh, how many users have you got? Do you do, do you track those metrics? Yeah, so I think we're sitting on two hundred odd users at the moment. Um yeah, it's quite exciting to see the kids take this up and then the parents kind of jump on the back of it as well. It's quite fun to see that. So 200-odd users in, in three weeks, we're very happy with with the numbers. Um, and it will grow exponentially as people start talking about it, as that word-of-mouth thing happens. But what you said, you were right, labor of love, uh, massive transformative impact. You know, social entrepreneurs have to have that delicate tension between passion, um, purpose, and profit. And, and that's where it's at for us. Wonderful. Now, now, the, the, there's going to be two burning questions. The Whoa. first one, the first one I'm going to ask you um, is where to next? What's, what's your next, Lisa? Um, survive lockdown, which I have renamed breakdown. Um, so, yes, survive lockdown. That's my next is is get out of this and reassess the world, the market. Um, and I've I've pinned as my rallying cry for myself and the team is survive. That's that's our rallying cry, survive. Because education is a very risk averse market. It is a very slow to move market. And we are kind of third in the line of of cogs that are going to turn. Schools go back uh, parents, teachers, and then we're the kind of the extracurricular stuff. So it's going to take longer for us to gear back up. So it's just survive for now. That's what I want to do. Um, and I think that's that's a base for um, for most small businesses that they may not actually reach right now is survive. So I think it's a win for us if the business survives out of lockdown and then the gearing up process back into education. And... Um, and we actually started the process. I mean, we had the the best quarter in the first quarter of this year, the best the best quarter we've ever had to hit lockdown. So, I mean, it was really carpet from underneath us. So I want to get back up to that stage where the business is is that profitable. And we'd actually started conversations with opening up Future Proof Academy, you know, bricks, mortar, school. Mm, um, lovely, yeah. I know. So we'd actually started that conversation. We'd found ourselves potentially a property, and we'd actually started putting, sort of greasing those wheels so that we could gear up to opening a school. And and that obviously has now been shelved until until we find some stability in the market, understanding what education and how it's going to be puzzled together because I think it's going to look very different how it's going to be puzzled together and if there still is a need for a school for entrepreneurs I think there'll always be a need for that I think I think even more so now entrepreneurs are going to be what we need for our country and our economy you mentioned that instead of lockdown you called it breakdown I have my own word for it as well yeah um, it, it starts with f and ends with up um, <laughs> Fire truck. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, I, I, I wish you all the best, Lisa, and, and you and the team. I think you're, you're doing some fantastic stuff. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, just for me to live vicariously and be play some small role in it, even by just chatting to you about your your stuff, it's it's, it's a great privilege. 
Um, before I let you go, though, mm. I want you to tell me mm. one thing about Lisa that nobody else knows. Oh, gosh. Okay. I had my first tattoo, because you know I've got lots of tattoos. You know this, you've seen me. Um, yes. I had my first tattoo, which most people don't know, um, at the age of 17, because I finished school when I was 17. And my mom said to me, okay, you can do it when you can pay for it with your own money. And I'd started working from 15, so I had my own money. And at 17, I went and got my first tattoo. And it was one of those awful choices. Um, I had... Uh, Red hot chili peppers was a thing. I went and got one of the like little chili pepper tattooed on my hip bone, which is next to it. Uh, very, very bad decision. And you know that I'm very public about my bad decisions. So very <laughs> bad decision because two years, two years later, rather, two kids later and about 20 odd years, it very much does not look like the chili that it once started off as. <laughs> <laughs> the red hot string beans. The red hot pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. Lisa, it's, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much. Uh, we wish you all the best once again. Check it out. It's futureproofonline.co.za. Uh, we sincerely wish you all the best, Lisa. May it go from strength to strength. Oh, thank you so much for having me. The privilege was mine. Thank you, David.